Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Today, you'll hear from Jessica Yang, she, her, who we first met around the age of four through Taiwanese Chinese school. Today, you'll hear her talking a little bit about planning Yumish Econ graduation through her job that she enjoys but doesn't find completely fulfilling, cities, her brother Alex, goals in life, munchies, and random stuff. Enjoy. No, it's your first time hanging out at my place. Treading the waters. Dipping, dipping my toes in. Yeah. Dipping the dogs in. <laughs> Letting the dogs out. How was the game? Game was good. Warriors won. Thank God. It was game seven. I was getting a little bit worried for them. So it was good. Solid Who are they playing? The Kings, who are also in California and had a better season than they did. But anyway, I talk shit like I know what I'm saying, but I really only care about the playoffs. <laughs> no, I believe you know what you're saying. Just even the Kings, I couldn't tell you if that was like a real team or not. You could be lying yeah. to me. And I no, I also just it. learned that about three weeks ago when they started playing the playoffs, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm here for the entertainment, not the knowledge. I don't care. <laughs> no, that's so fair. Yeah. So what were you doing for all this graduation stuff? So there's three graduations. There's a big one. There's econ graduation, which is what I had to do because I work for the econ department. I had to do the undergraduate econ, which is at the basketball stadium and then basketball arena stadium court. <laughs> and the like master's PhD graduation as well. Good stuff. Yeah. So you had to plan all of the logistics and shit or what did it involve? It sounds like a lot, mate. Yeah, a big part of it is like, the run of the so catering how to direct people like making sure the faculty know what to say like making sure the professors know what they're doing when they go on stage yeah. making sure the kids know like how to walk and everything it's just it's little things but they take so much longer than you would expect like you with the simple direction oh when it's your turn your whole row is going to stand up and wait in the aisle and then one by one they're going to call you and to me that's a one minute conversation but in practice to really make sure everyone gets it and is listening that's like a 30 minute ordeal so just, <laughs> yeah humans man so are you liking this role for now how has it evolved since you started how long has it been also so I started last year so I've been working for a little over a year and at first I was like meh about it because it really is a job that anyone can do I am not using any special skills not that i'm not building like knowledge and like, social capital or whatever but it really is just sending emails and keeping track of things um, so it's not fulfilling in that sense but i'm making like a lot of good relationships with the people around me like i love my coworkers, i love the faculty i work with i love the students so that part i really enjoyed fair enough yeah. are you, you think you're gonna stick it through until the next graduation for example in one more year I don't know. I think that's the move. I signed my lease, which I think is a big part of it. So I feel locked down for another year. But I kind of want to get out of Ann Arbor. I feel like I'm not really growing as a person, but I'm also scared to take the next step. So we'll see what wins. My boredom or my ambition or lack there. But Ann Arbor now must feel different than when you were there as a student. Does it feel like a different city in some ways? Or town? I don't really know what it's called. Yeah, I think, I mean, my expectations going into this job was an extension of undergrad, and that was so 
not true. That did not play out the way I thought it would. And I was so miserable for my first few months here. But now I just feel calm. Like there's no drama. I think that before in undergrad, I was like, oh my God, what are people thinking about me? What are my plans for tonight? What's everyone else doing? And now that there's no one here, I don't have that stress on my mind. <laughs> so I can just kind of do what I want to do, which honestly isn't much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So what, are, what do you do? What do you do in your free time? Give me some ideas. <laughs> I feel like podcast is the first actual hobby I've had in my entire life. Biking around the city is really fun. I guess that's a hobby as well. Watching basketball games, drinking, swimming. So I have a pool and a gym right at the apartment. So it's so convenient. Yeah. I'll just swim here. Do you feel like you have that trait in other aspects of your life? Like wanting to please yeah especially my my job right now i'm like faculty support so my job is literally like helping the professors achieve their goals so yeah i think it plays out in a lot of aspects of my life but it's really detrimental when i'm trying to like draw boundaries i'm like okay what does he want to do what will he get out of this will he have a good time like it rare like i didn't really step back to think what i want and i feel like i don't really think about it until it's like too yeah, do you feel it's maybe the exploration part of just figuring out what you want in order to be able to say it? I guess. Yeah, are you able to draw that line between like physical and emotional? Okay, yeah, that is where you and I differ, I think, a lot. It takes me a lot to like someone. Generally, I think I can have a good time with anyone. Here's my thinking. It's almost like in work setting, too. The kill rate should be really high, but I need to see a lot. So I do hang out and meet a whole lot of different people. But to hang out again has a bar. To hang out again has a bar, blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty strict mm-hmm. along the way, but like I am seeing a lot. And I feel that's how brainstorming for work should also be. Like you should be really open-minded, at least for me. I feel I should be really open-minded to taking anything. I'll listen to anyone. I'll consider anything. But then to move to the next stage, it's going to have to pass a bar. So I feel that is also how I think about dating and also maybe just like hobby exploration and other parts of my life I'm literally moving every six months just to see new shit and yeah it's not always the best but like I need to see it in order to make a judgment about it so I feel I'm just on a super exploration quest and I apply that to other parts of my life because I can just have a good time with anyone I don't feel that's what makes me like someone so I don't know that's so good yeah I think part of it for me is I have a scarcity mindset. Like, what if I never find someone like him ever again? Which is true, but maybe that's good too. Maybe I don't want to meet someone else. But yeah, for me, it's, oh, if a decent guy comes along and we our values connect, then I'm like, okay, maybe he's the one. And then in that case, I don't want to mess things up. And then so I invest more than I need to. Yeah, but that's fair enough as well. I guess any philosophy works as long as you feel like it's working for you, what is it about people that you think you're so drawn to? Like what traits? And is that different in friendship versus a partner? In general, I like people that are like open-minded, that are down to do anything at any time, but are also like, I don't know. I feel like growing up in high school, I was like, oh, everyone's just like me. We have the same values. Everyone's a good person. And then I got to college. I'm like, oh, here's some bad people out here there are people that will so willingly just use women or are just really selfish and i feel like i didn't really realize that until college but yeah i feel like i gravitate towards people that are like home or how we grew up 
Hmm. Do you feel like a lot of that is Midwest roots? I feel like there's a certain trait of Midwest people. Do you feel like it's that? Yeah, I wonder if we have the same perception of Midwest people. For me, it's kind of wholesome, but like down to have fun, but obviously like caring about if other people are having fun too. How would you describe like a Midwest? I think I agree, especially among the people we grew up with, which obviously isn't the average population. I have to be mindful of that. But among our friends and high schools, I think down to earth, but also ambitious. And I feel we like exploring out there and reaching for more. But at the end of the day, it's nice to just be able to come home together and feel a sense of community there. Even though we're all trying to reach for more, we still enjoy the roots. Whereas I feel maybe sometimes on the coast or international, it's always trying to reach for more to escape from where you came from. But in the Midwest, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I definitely feel like community is like a huge thing. If one person's not having a good time, then we're all like trying to get them to rally or I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Midwest is just so wholesome. Do you feel like you see yourself staying there for a while, even if maybe not in Arbor? Oh my God, I don't want to. I feel maybe it's just a stereotype, but I still feel success means moving out of the Midwest <laughs> to me. So I feel like I have really haven't achieved like my professional goals or even personal goals. I have been playing it safe and I'm very aware of that. And I think it's really scary to take that next step. I don't know what's holding me back. But I want to be in Cali. I want to be in New York. I want to be a big city. I feel like that's always been my idea of success growing up. And even if that's still not, even if that changes, I would still like that life experience. Yeah, fair enough. So is, do you think a lot of it, is it more the life inertia or work stuff? You think? No, I'm a, what's that saying? Like work to live to work. I'm definitely like a work to live kind of person. Like I don't really care what I'm doing as long as it's funding a fun lifestyle. Yeah, fair. What do you think is a fun lifestyle? I want to have a solid group of friends. I want like a great support system. I want to go out, see the world, get comfortable, like really build a community, be a part of something. Yeah, ideal. I know you have different perceptions about big cities. <laughs> yeah, but a certified I, New York hater. Yes, definitely certified New York hater. However, I'm loving Sao Paulo and it's the fourth largest city in the world by population. After Delhi, Tokyo, and Shanghai, I believe. Those are so different. Yeah, so I do like cities, but I think not in the U.S. There's something that I enjoy about not knowing the language, having a lot of different people, and just more culture. And it's way more affordable. So I think that's a lot of it for me in New York. I feel if you like New York, you'll like Sao Paulo. But obviously, it's a pretty big change. I realize I really do like cities and being surrounded by a lot of people. Because, like, it is a huge fucking place. It's actually crazy. New York... Is probably in the tens or something. It doesn't even compare. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so what factors are you drawn towards for cities? Okay, so here's some that I think are similar to people who like New York City is that there's a lot of things to do and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of variety. So you can really go out and explore what you want to do. You like hanging out. If, the thing that I think is different is that a, the culture. So Brazilians, to me, feel a whole lot more open-minded and down to really get to know you as a person and philosophy. And there's not that, like, rushness that I feel in New York. Like, 
especially, which I think I'm very, the people in my company are amazing. And I truly feel so welcomed and already at home here that, and you go to New York City at work, like shit ain't like that. People are not like that. So I think like the people traits are definitely different here. On Sundays, they close on the roads just for bikers and pedestrians. So that has been fantastic. There's plenty oh, of- whole city? Not the whole, but like major roads. Oh, like downtown. Yeah. So I'm able to bike from park to park. Actually, it's the largest Japanese population outside of Japan. So I can find a lot of Japanese snacks or Asian foods. It really oh. is just a huge melting pot of shit. So yeah, I guess that's a little feels different than New York. And I don't know. It doesn't feel like everyone's in their own lane and you have to specifically merge paths. Everyone is just together in this thing. That's so interesting. No, I totally, I like never really thought about that. But like the fact that I feel in New York, I'm like trying to impress everyone. I feel like I have something to prove for some reason. So it's interesting to hear that where you are, there's not really that. They're just down for whatever you bring to the table as is. Yeah. And I think part of it is huge attribution of people in the company too. I don't know if everyone in the city is necessarily like that, but even the randoms that I've met also have mm-hmm. that mindset. So anyway, more about you. How has your relationship with Alex evolved over time? Do you think it's any different now that you're still in the same city, but not at home? I think our relationship has always been like, hey, like I'm here if you need me. And if you don't, that's fine too. <laughs> we're five years apart so we're not chatting he's also much more of an introvert and there's not a lot of like overlap in our interests the only thing we really connect on is like our relationship with our parents but here it's the same he'll reach out if he needs help with courses or he's like where do i get covid tested or where is this classroom like how early should i be for my first day of classes like, i feel like an academic advisor but other than that, there's, there's not much going on. Do you talk to Michael about love life and stuff? You guys are like a lot closer in well, age. Oh, okay. That's in age. Yeah, I was going to say that was a big assumption. But <laughs> so I dropped two episodes on Michael on this podcast. And that was probably the deepest conversation we've ever had in our lifetime. So I feel like we're in this new phase of our sibling relationship. So I feel I'm now trying to learn like, okay, what is the role? Obviously, it's super complicated with parents as well. But yeah, outside of all of that, our interests are super different. I think some of our values are similar and I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like we're headed into a new phase, but I don't really know what that is. No, that's really good. Yeah, I think it's so much easier to talk to a friend and open up to them. even like a stranger than to my own brother. <laughs> yeah, but I I feel like that's also makes- a two-way Does he want to know everything? Probably not. <laughs> yeah exactly okay what do you feel your hobbies are currently now that it's spring and like it's pleasant to be outside now I'm going out a lot just like walking around I become a morning person just by nature of working a nine-to-five so on weekends I like to just take long walks when no one's really awake have that time to myself and then trying to learn how to cook I realize there's just no vegetables in my diet if it's like either frozen or it's takeout and I just, I need to get my shit together at the ripe age of 20 something. What else? I've been into crocheting. Love that. I've been reading a lot more. I've been trying to venture more into like nonfiction um, economic books just because I slept through all of undergrad and working in the econ department. Now I'm realizing I know nothing and it's so humiliating. 
And yeah, I feel I'm starting to lose interest in TV shows. I used to be able to binge those no problem, but now I cannot sit still for one episode, let alone a whole season. So I don't know. That's interesting. Is it just the length of sitting there doing nothing with your hands or something? Because it sounds like a lot of the hobbies are involving you moving, whether it's life for crochet or your physical body. Is it that aspect or is it just boring plot lines that you feel you've just been there, done that? Yeah, I really sat down and think about it, but I do get bored. But I also think it's maybe not opportunity cost, but like I feel like the other hobbies are more there's more of a tangible oh like I'm satisfied from that if I go on a walk I'm like okay I was active get my steps in if I crochet I have an end product if I read I learn something but if I'm watching a tv show now I'm like oh I could be doing something else that would give me something fair enough I don't know. do you feel like you're a super goal-oriented person absolutely not I think <laughs> I think if I was I'd be out of the midwest you know I like scared to set goals because I don't know if I can achieve them. <laughs> but but your hobbies were surrounded by getting something out of it, a tangible thing that you can check mark off. Yeah, I think it's microdosing little bits of success rather than having a real world life goal. <laughs> Get the dopamine going. I really need to change it though. It's like definitely not sustainable. And I surround myself with people that are like long term that are like, yeah, I'm going to do this, get my master's, and then get this job, and become a professional in this field, or I want to move to the city, and here's the steps I'm going to take to do this. Surround myself with those kinds of people, and I just don't do it for myself, and I don't know. I got to get on that. Live vicariously. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you got it. You got it out of control. I'll just do my thing, and yeah. move off you later. So interesting how you view being in Midwest as not succeeding in those goals. Because do you not feel the same? I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I guess because I've already gone out, if Midwest is what I decided to be the place I want to be and I end up going back there, I think I would feel super intentional about it and it wouldn't feel like it's because nowhere else worked. I think it would just be because I realized like I have a preference for that. Okay, but what about Chicago? Is that considered Midwest? Oh, no, I would account. I guess technically it is. But to me, if I moved to Chicago, that would be better than staying in Ann Arbor. No, anything like city, like big city to me as well. Like they made it. <laughs> Even though I know people that are like so miserable in Chicago or are so miserable wherever they are and feel so isolated and lonely. And I feel pretty good here, but the geography thing is really tying me down. But I also love my job right now. I feel like I've been through the learning curve and I'm coasting. So I feel like I just hit that sweet spot of I know what to do. I can anticipate the next step. I feel like a good employee. So it's, I don't know. Like I want to move, but I'm happy right now. So I don't know. Fair enough. I'm happy to hear that then. Then whatever. Fuck all this perception stuff. No, I definitely need to have new experiences before. Also, I feel like clock is ticking, right? Mid-20s, the expectation has settled down by mid-30s. And I can't travel as easily with a family, right? Or... Yeah, I guess if you want a family by the time you're 30, like, I feel like all the expectation, perception stuff, there's 8 billion people in the world. There's so many other paths besides that one that is majority. That's so fair. And I think it's changing for our generation. You feel you want to have your own kids and family in the 30s? It's so hard. I feel like two years ago and before that, I was like, yes, I'm going to have kids. And now I'm like, oh, Hi, Layla. 
unnecessary like uh, yeah I don't know, you grind so hard and all of a sudden you take care of other people. No, I don't know. It makes sense. It just sucks that there's like a biological, like if I could get married when I was like 40 and have kids like 50s, I feel like that's great. By 50s, I'm probably like less active. Probably can take my kids to all these like sports games or like violin lessons and not really have an opportunity cost for time. But I feel like committing to that in your like 30s, 40s, I don't know. So you have this biological clock, but not like a clock on your own terms. Yeah, if it was up to me, because I want biological kids. I don't know if that's problematic, but yeah. So I feel that's more constraining than just ideally you wait to find the one. Like why settle? And if you have all the time in the world, why would you lock it down so early? Yeah, we're so stupid. Has it been interesting watching your friend raise her kids? Or how like close are you? (laughs) No, yeah. I don't know. We don't, like, check in about the kid all the time. And, like, I feel like it hasn't really consumed her life. It's just, it feels like she just happens to have a kid. She, I don't see her as, like, a mother. I just see her, like, as a roommate who has a kid. Does that make sense? Oh, I she's feel- so- Oh, no, she's not. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't feel like her having a child has become a personality trait for her yet. But, yeah, I don't know how much responsibility she has either. I know her, like, mom's taking care of the child a lot, and... I know like social media, like you don't see everything, but she's like traveling a lot. She's on a lot of concerts. She's like party rocking. She's chilling. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. So keep your mom close. <laughs> My brain's so foggy. And I feel like it sounds so stupid. Yeah, we don't have to launch anything. You can change your mind later. But <laughs> the record of you wanting kids or not wanting, you can listen back in five years and cringe. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. I wonder, yeah. Do you look back now? Do you feel different from, uh, probably, obviously, but how you were in, like, high school? Like, looking back in high school or, like, early college, I was like, oh my god, I was such, like, a pick-me girl. I wanted everyone to like me. Not that I'm still not vain to a certain degree, but (laughs) I think I was a lot more concerned about my appearance so long ago, and it really affected a lot of things. I almost admire past self me in a cringe way. I don't know how I just turned out so many things. I always just, I was always like doing things. I don't think I can do that shit now. Like put me in school for three degrees, put me on the rigorous schedule that I did on myself in high school and college. I don't know what like Kool-Aid I was drinking to have done that. (laughs) I don't have that anymore. So I feel that I admire, but I feel like it's cringe because it was super narrow-minded in a way. I feel that I was always just super committed to this thing that I put my mind to, but I didn't really consider other things. And so now I feel I have a different, really different mindset where I have the time and space to be exploring more. So I'm doing that. And because of it, I don't have a strong commitment to a thing. I don't have that closed-minded determinist, I guess, that I used to have. I feel the next time that I'm super committed to something, it'll be even stronger because I have explored and then chosen this thing. So I don't know. So... Yeah, super different mindset. But I feel like as much as I change in the like past five years, probably the next five years, I'll also change maybe even more. What yeah. do you think drove that for you when you were younger? Was it? I feel like there's no way it could just be only college related, which I feel was my drive for most of my extracurriculars. I feel like it was not college at all, and it was just satisfaction from doing a lot of things and being on that schedule and seeing visible improvement. I could see myself improving on this piano song or see myself being second chair in orchestra or see myself going from like freshman basketball to captain, right? There's just these things that are 
recognize and I like just having something to work toward doing it and then actually getting it like which is fine but like now I'm just like what I don't give a shit about that like I'll be last year of the orchard I'm fucking happy it was maybe the environment was like put in to really reward that kind of behavior and it was definitely a date in that I didn't need like that external thing because sometimes things don't work out but like I was just finding satisfaction in the process of trying to get there we're oh, doing literally everything yeah and now it's captain yeah. of everything best at everything and the piano teacher oh my gosh I heard so much about your piano teacher I'm like <laughs> yeah that's a different me man and college really wasn't that long ago I guess since pandemic my mindset about college shifted and whatever and it wasn't always on the mm-hmm. grand cycle but then like I was grinding on other things too just like milking the island life like doing every single hike or learning to drive a manual car or whatever it's just random shit so now maybe I'm just less goal-oriented <laughs> I feel like both are admirable the grind and also just enjoying life yeah You're living yin and yang I feel like I can only enjoy it now because I know I've been through that there's something innate in me that doesn't feel satisfying without that but now I feel like I have I don't know eight years of it to breathe a little bit on <laughs> oh that's so great though about time Surprised you didn't burn out after one year. Yeah, I don't feel burnt out at all. I'm ready to find the next thing, but it'll take a lot for me to be convinced that's the thing I want to double down on. So that's it, but I'm ready, mate. Throw me something. Are you getting the munchies? I am. I'm ready to think about what to cook. What do you crave when you're high? Oh, I think it's probably whatever I wanted before and it just gets in light, like heightened. Right now, I really want pho. Damn. Well, probably somewhere here. I don't have specific munchies. Do you? I feel like it's because I live by 7-Eleven, so I have a very specific snack circuit, which is like potato skins and the nerd gummy clusters I'm addicted to. Oh, those are so good. Oh, God. What do we sour? eat at your house? Like the sour cream Lay's. That's also his. Sour Lay's? The sour cream and onion ones oh. in the green bag. The Ritz cream cheese, not cream cheese. What is it? I'm forgetting English already. Sour cream cheese onion. <laughs> How do you say it in English? From Ritz, sour cream and onion. Yeah. Okay. Sour cream and onion. Exactly. Sour cream and onion. Oh my god. Exactly. Have you had those before? Oh my god. Are they toasted? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. Sour cream and onion. Holy fuck! My language skills are actually disappearing. I think this podcast is serving my English language abilities so I don't forget it. Actually, sometimes I'm trying to think of a word and I can't remember anymore. It's only been a month. I don't understand. My brain is... <laughs> what language do they speak there? Portuguese. Oh, Portuguese? I'm just like trying to speak Portuguese like all the time now. So I'm trying to think in Portuguese now when I operate in the world to like assimilate. <laughs> it's probably the most mentally difficult thing I've ever done, but I'm loving it. So I guess that is a pretty big goal I have in my life. But yeah, that's been fun. Anyway, do you want to do a quick lightning round? Yeah, what's a lightning round? You just answer whatever comes to mind. <laughs> Sounds good. What is one thing that you wish everyone knew? Gosh, I'm sensitive. All right. <laughs> what are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities? 
like physical. I guess like, you can define what necessities are as well. Oh, I need someone to talk to. Yeah. I need something stimulating, like a book or a movie or something. And then I need my edibles. Does that imply the person that you have isn't stimulating enough? <laughs> All right, Karen. Do you have any content recommendations? Oh my god, I just watched Beef. Have you seen it on Netflix? So good. So it's by the people that did Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, and it's so good. Oh, shit. Okay. I'll give it a watch. It's a movie. It's a TV show. Oh, TV show. Oh, fuck. Yeah, with Ali Wong and Steve Rin. Ali Wong. Oh, my gosh. What do you think about her? I think she can be cringe, but I think in this, she's a good actress. But I think overall, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I'll have to give it a watch. I know I used to like her comedy stand-ups, but now they don't really vibe. I guess yeah. I don't have a lot of like popular comedy stand-ups anymore. All right, that was the lightning round. <laughs> oh, that was so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, one more. What's something that makes you laugh? Anything normal size or like anything that's like a small version of a normal thing. <laughs> it was so funny. I love that these are tiny. And I don't know what, if you ask me like, oh, what do you find funny about it? I have no idea. It's so funny. <laughs> All right. That concluded the lightning round officially. <laughs> anything else you want to share with the world for today before you go enjoy your highness? <laughs> thank you for spending your time with me. I had a great time. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing, mate. And that's a wrap for now. Jessica Yen, everyone. See you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things.